0: It's PGA or none. And you either qualify for the tournaments or you don't. Well, that,
1: interesting. And so this, I don't know how
0: that works. I know there's a lot of
1: pre-qualifying, like, yeah, I watched Happy Gilmore. I know how
0: it works, <laughs> but, yeah, that's but it's what I'm all, it's for. all run by the PGA, right? This isn't. Okay. So that makes this a very interesting conundrum because you have, because now you have actual I wouldn't necessarily call it competition, but there's been a bunch of people participate that PJ would rather not. So antitrust issues are a fun one because, you know, when you live, when you sit down and say that you're pro, you know, you know, you're pro free markets, but then you let a company control the free market. That's not a free market. So Trump's a hero potentially <laughs>
1: potentially a
0: huge it's
2: time now for something positive we might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land. the truth the promised land. and finding
1: the promised land. our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves
2: the problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience of conscience because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the
1: finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, we rally, rally, rally,
2: rally, rally, We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. Find minority. a way creative to minority. get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Franklin, I know we've got to do something. Do something. Do something.
1: And we're back. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Cause that's, that was where I, I liked where you were going there.
0: So because of Brittany Griner's scenario where she's, you know, held captive in Russia, right. I really do think that what you're going to see is you're going to see more people rally around her and the WNBA and, and people are going to start to see what they have to offer. Yeah. You know, Maybe, maybe what you end up having is something that's a bit more family friendly, you know, something Mm -hmm. where, you know, Sure. You know, you've got, you've got the NBA and you've got all the star power there, but maybe you find something a bit more wholesome and, and maybe you'll eventually find something a bit more exciting. You know, there were times playing high school basketball, like, especially like, you know, I came from a small town and, uh, our small town girls team ended up on a run of championships at the state level where they were actually exciting to watch. They played right. really well together. They did great together. And then I think that you're starting to see some of that build because remember a lot, you know, you like, uh, like in the, like in the NBA, you go through phases where you just have one powerhouse team that seems to do really well. Right. But then other times you end up like you have a bunch of really good players that are spread out a bunch uh, among a bunch of really, you know, decent teams parody. and you end up right. with more competition, more parity. Yeah. Now, Unfortunately, I don't think anybody's ever looked at the WNBA like that. Like, there's just more actual competition. People are looking at, you know, like your Steph Currys right uh-huh. now. The dude is unstoppable. Right. For a while, people were, you know, absolutely infatuated with Blake Griffin because the dude could dunk and dunk with authority. I just think it's
1: lacking representation for 51% of their audience. Well, and, and I think the WNBA is going to be. I I don't think people have been looking at life through the lens of representation, but I think younger people are. And I think they really see something to admire in in women's basketball. And I think that is going to drive men to want to please the women they're with and at least go and attend that too and that once men start seeing how awesome the women can play i think it's cool and in a utopia they would all be playing together you know what i mean
0: here's i think here's here's the reality is is that you know unless you grew up you know watching women's sports or have kids in women's sports like you just don't have the connection to it. That's just right. a reality. It's, it's kind of like, you know, who gives a shit about football until you have the mom. you know, the mom doesn't necessarily give a shit about football until, you know, suddenly they've got a kid that's playing. Right. Exactly. And that's, and that's realistically where that's at, you know, the NBA and the NFL and NHL and MLB have had a long, 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 long time. To be a part of the major spotlight, the WNBA is a fairly recent addition. I want to say ninety six. Did the WNBA start? Right. Uh, I'm not quite sure, Uh, but that yeah,
1: that's my exact point. If you took the beginning of the NBA, it might look a lot like ninety six. It might look like the beginning of the WNBA.
0: So think about it. It, The WNBA is not even thirty years old yet. Right. That's cool so you know whereas you know men's basketball has had a century more than a century Mm -hmm. baseball has had more than a century soccer has had more than a century right the nhl has had about a century right and it's weird like like, it's just you don't have there's just there just hasn't been enough time yet that's right that's right not enough
1: exposure not enough how to learn to how to advertise for it I don't see mm-hmm. ads for women's basketball all the time, but when I do, they look cool. They look just as cool as the NBA's, you know what I mean? But I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of basketball. So for me, watching women's basketball is like, nobody knows about it and I can just watch it and it's cool. Like I like volleyball too. I like sports. I like sports where there is parody. And I think that's mm-hmm. my issue with why I tuned out of the NFL besides the brain damage that they're doing to people is the, the fact that there isn't a lot of parody all the players seem to gravitate towards some teams and then like the bears they suck and i hate it <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: you know the, for me being a giants fan like i got uh, you know at least in in <clears throat> my you know later lifetime i got two teams that let's be real honest the the 2007 2011 giants were not great teams right they were scrappy as fuck and for me that was exciting because you know the patriots were a fucking juggernaut right but here you had this absolutely scrappy team go out and beat this absolutely unstoppable force right and it was
1: wild that's what the wmba to me now is like something i can watch that's like true competition as opposed to the fantasy version that the nfl became
0: Yeah. And that's just it is, it's like, there's, you know, you're going to hit that point in the WNBA, especially where it's like you start to see this really, you know, these really scrappy competitions, these really intense rivalries that you have with, with men's sports. And I think at some point that's going to be a fantastic, a fantastic place, but at the same time too, I think you're also starting to see a lot of political fracture in the idea of men's and women's sports because we're now having this you know the conversation of whether whether or not trans people even belong in sports at all and people are starting to get really annoyed and and the fact that even after you know all this time homophobia still runs rampant in professional sports
1: people are getting annoyed i'm getting annoyed that the conversation has to be had (laughs) right so i'm i'm tired of it being thrown up as red meat for a conservative audience to get mad at trans trans people for
0: it's it's really difficult to sit down and talk about how much you love and enjoy sports but then have to constantly talk about the politics of you know i I think people are starting to turn to more alternative sports Mm -hmm. simply because you don't necessarily have this it's a men's only or a women's only You have, you have people competing in competitions all against each other and you're taking home, you know, you're up against everybody, you know, skateboarding has become one of those ones where, you know, there's been some men's skating tournaments and some women's skating tournaments. And there was actually controversy, you know, because there was a, a trans skater who, you know, won the uh, women's tournament somewhere. And I guess some of the other uh you know women's skateboarders were not thrilled with this and i'm i'm sitting here going man you know i know a lot of skaters in the community you know I, I i i i was once a part of it and i don't know that anybody really cared so much No, and it's been one of those things where it's like it's a real struggle to understand why why people are so Like, like the idea of just pure competition, like finding places where, you know, people compete against each other or, you know, mixed teams or things like that to me, like, you know, having mixed teams is, you know, going to become, I think, one of the next great bonding places because me too. That's what I'm hoping for. Because the, because right now it's like, just the politics of trying to enjoy a sport you know if you want to is just frustrating like it just yeah it's it's not fun this 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 thing about keeping things so
1: pure in a world that's ever mixing and changing and evolving is just so weird you know to me and i like mm -hmm. i i like i think the utopian version is everybody being able to do what they want you know i don't see trans trans i i see uh the people the people that are competing saying i think that might be an issue or it might not i don't see me having a, a place in that i'm the guy that gets to watch the final product the comp the competition everything else should be ironed out for me by then and it should be up to the people competing and i know that other athletes they want they want to compete they want mm-hmm. They want somebody that wants to compete. And so it's not about gender for them. It's about beginning and starting, you know, like the beginning of the race, the end of the race, who won, I'm better, you know, I
0: think, and and that's the thing is like, I think that somebody is eventually going to get tired of it. They're going to create, you know, a you know, the all purpose sport where you have to have, uh, you know, a mixture, mm -hmm. a co-ed sport or, or, you know, it's more than that anymore, but you know, where, where you have to have a certain diversification of your team yeah. in order to, you know, play and weight class and the,
1: for fucking positions and such, you know? <laughs> and and
0: I think the first, I think the first, um, the first sport that figures that out and for some reason, I think it'll be soccer that, you know, when you finally create like a co-ed sport and, right. and now it's you know it's not just you know the men's team that you're following and it's not just the women's team but you actually have these teams that are uh-huh. comprised of multiple people that you know are going out and fighting multiple people on on the pitch i think yeah. realistically you're going to start to see more gravitation towards sports again
1: that's what i want know, to
0: rather that. than rather than just you know the men's team or the women's team like if if you know if you can sit down and you know you don't have to worry about the the makeup of the team and have to right. explain politics. Like, That's, yeah, you know, you, you, th- you said
1: makeup and my dictation went. Wake up. <laughs> no, <stop. Huh? laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I totally love that. Like wrestling is a a weight class based thing, and I think mm-hmm. people are always like, "But that guy is genetically bigger than any woman." Have you seen Brittany? <laughs> <laughs> she would crush me i think weight class is important but i don't think what's in your pants should make a difference on once you who straps the pads up you know what i See, mean
0: i don't you know i don't know who, who needs to know this but shack wasn't exactly a prolific dunker because he was seven <laughs> foot two know, right? he was a big guy who yeah. could dunk it right and it doesn't matter if you got a big girl who could dunk it Great. If you have somebody who's, you know, tall and trans that can dunk you. Great. Like, I mean, realistically, I mean, like some of those, some of those tall players, they were not fucking great dunkers. Right. Look at, you look at Yao Ming. Yao Ming was not a great dunker, but he was fucking tall. Dikembe Mutombo. He was not a great dunker, but he was fucking tall.
1: Michael Jordan,
0: the best. And he was average.
1: Yeah. Six, three, right? Six,
0: five. I thought he was six, six. It
1: could be somewhere in
0: there. Um, Allen Iverson was only six foot tall right? that that guy could fly. Yeah. Look at Ray Allen, Ray Allen, good grief, you know, but, but here's the thing is, is that eventually, you know, as, as people begin to figure out, you know, how do you draw in the most amount of crowd? How do you make it so that way people want to come see your team play? They're going to start to realize that, you know, the more diversified a team is, the more diversified a sport is, yeah, the more likely you are to get you know, families dropping money to see something rather than one person. We want to see the
1: competition. More... We don't want to see routing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, so Brittany Griner going against a man of her stature i would love to see that i think people would pay to see man versus woman that way but it has to be even you can't go for a shack and like a you know i don't know lisa schreiber or something some tiny little Mm -hmm. girl but if it's competitive i think people would pay to see mixed leagues like that professional athletes like i don't know dwayne wade in with women that can you know actually compete or lose but compete i think that's what we want to see
0: right and so you know i my hope is that at some point sports go beyond and really yeah. really dive into you know how do you create a a, a a wide variety team sport that people will then catch on to and we all get to just enjoy the game because yeah. You know, it doesn't matter who all is on the team. Yeah, you, you, know? can have
1: your, you can have your NFL full of guys. You can have your, you know, yep. women's league full of women. Or you can have this one that I'm going to be watching. Right. <laughs> and still, I don't like it. I don't like the violence of it. Like Demarius Thomas, I, I grew up watching that guy in Denver. When, no. well, just... I thought, I thought he was awesome. I didn't think he was the best, but I thought in Colorado, he was really awesome. And to find out he, he was like, he had stage three, um, brain damage because of that, that just Mm -hmm. really hurts me to think that could be avoided. So I have an, I have an issue with the NFL overall, like. I don't know if I have that issue with the NBA. I've never really got into the NBA because when I was about to, the bulls were super popular and I was like, well, I can't jump on the bandwagon. You know what I mean? So I never got into basketball.
0: Well, and, and, and I mean like, you know, boxing with the brain damage MMA with the brain damage, right? I don't football watch all the brain I damage. I can't, watch I that. guarantee you NHL has the same issues. Uh-huh. Like, it's like do we love seeing somebody get the shit smacked out of them yeah sure we enjoy that every once in a while but the problem you know we i think a lot of us enjoyed it a lot more when you know we were completely naive to the fact that it was causing brain damage some of right. us are like Ugh, this is a tough sell for me now because this person is you know it's it's hurting people it's killing people right and we don't
1: need that I and mean, we just don't need it in our sports
0: you know, I don't we, need it in
1: my sport. I don't watch MMA. I to me it's grow. To me it's gross. I'm, oh man, I think I just came out of the closet. To me, I just don't like those kind of competitions.
0: Well, you know, and I think it just like you know, I loved that stuff growing up. Like I, I loved playing football. I loved the feeling of laying the hit down on somebody. But after you know, after I got my head injury, right, like it changed. It changed me. I was like, this isn't worth it. This sucks. Right. This does not feel good and then to find out that it just kept getting worse and you know and a lot of the times like some of these older players you know they'd become drunks or drug addicts or violent and we were just like well you know washed up stars turns out brain damage is a hell of a fucking drug it really is so it goes unnoticed so
1: and I've always been the Olympics kid i always loved watching the olympics i remember hoping wishing that the olympics would go back to greece one day and when they did i was just like awesome (laughs) yeah i mean i like the competition aspect of it i don't mind i mean i don't like seeing anybody get hurt but somebody getting hurt giving it their all in a competition like that side by side not attacking i love the chess of football though Like, I've got to admit the strategy of it. I'm putting this defense up. You're putting that offense up. Go, you know? Oh, yeah. I just, like, the hitting seems to be the extra for entertainment, and there's less and less of it in every sport more and more. We're just not there yet.
0: Yep. Man.
1: I don't have anything to segue to from sports, buddy. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, wait. Yes, I do. How do you feel about golf? I hate golf yeah i do too so let's talk about the live open is that nice is that good because donald trump is like off uh poo-hoo-hoo. so donald trump is ho- hosting a saudi arabian backed golf co- golf contest what do you call that <laughs> tournament a golf tournament and he's saying well Nobody really got to the bottom of 9-11 and, we, you know, we can't prove that the Saudis were involved in any way. But a lot of people believe that Operation Encore kind of at least shows that they had some part in it and that like first responders, police unions, fire unions are, are saying Trump is dead to them now because he doesn't stand by america so i i forgot to say saudi saudi ambassador donald trump is hosting the live, oh God. The live open and so i i don't care as much about the the uh who's in it? I think they're getting paid, and anybody that's going to get paid a million dollars to play around a round of golf should say yes, you know. <laughs>
0: but they're going to. Absolutely. But as far as
1: Donald Trump and his political career, I think this this could affect him, and it might be affecting him. So
0: I think that so politics. I'm going to fuck off from that one because the politics of it are a shit show. Okay. The interesting, the actual interesting part of this is the antitrust issue. Cause the Ooh. PGA is having a massive issue with some of its golfers going to participate in this, in this, uh, tournament really, it's not a PGA sanctioned event.
1: Wow. Cool. And Tell so me basically, more.
0: and so basically what has happened is, is that, you know, you know, the PGA has been threatening golfers that participate in this and take the money that, you know, that they're going against contracts and all this other fun stuff mm. in terms of playing the sport this so this has raised an antitrust issue um because there are no real there are no other professional golf right uh sports in the u.s
1: except women's golf
0: except the the lpga wow a better segue than i thought how about that (laughs) and and so this 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 non-affiliated golf tournament that is drawing a lot of pga golfers Has been a significant problem for the PGA. um, In that, number one, they decided to open their mouth about this, and number two, now it looks like they're going to be under antitrust investigations for basically, you know, trying to run a monopoly on golf in the
1: country. Oh no!
0: Trump is going
1: to destroy the
0: one sport that he loves just for money. That's so. That's really interesting to actually see. Because, you know, you, I mean, there are other, you know, like with a lot of the basketball, you know, like for example, football and basketball, you have a bunch of quote unquote minor league teams, you know? And, and so like, you don't have, you don't, you don't know. They're, they're literally farms for the major leagues essentially. Right, right, right. And so you don't necessarily actually have competition, but you do have a way to watch people play basketball when it's, or baseball, when it's not the major teams, so that's where this really gets fun. Interesting. Because, you know, in this case, you know, if there is no other, you know, there is no like minor league golf, it's PGA or none. And you either qualify for the tournaments or you don't, well, interesting
1: and so i don't know how that works i know there's a lot of pre-qualifying like yeah i watched happy gilmore i know how it works (laughs) but But it's all
0: it's all run by the pga right this isn't okay so that makes this a very interesting conundrum because you have because now you have actual i wouldn't necessarily call it competition but yeah there's been a bunch of people participate that PJ would rather not. So antitrust issues are a fun one because, you know, when you wow. live, when you sit down and say that you're pro, you know, you know, you're pro free markets, but then you let a company control the free market. That's not a free market. So Trump's a hero. Potentially. Potentially a hero.
1: I mean, who, who he has said, all- in six years, who has ever said that?
0: but that's the thing is, is he's, he's a he's Innovative. a self-serving jackass more than right anything. yeah 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 it, it, but but what this does is it highlights potential monopoly issues and and that's one of the things that has been on legislators minds as of late is antitrust issues wow so Donald
1: Trump will basically be a wrecking ball in anything Americans love just so that he can get some money
0: I mean, that's the dude wanted seeing. to have a football team so bad. He wanted like, you know, yeah. He's, he's run teams, you know, he's tried to run teams. I want to say he, he had a USFL team. Now the USFL is back of all things. Yeah, that's cool. And then you got the XFL coming back. I mean, Donald
1: Trump should focus on becoming a commissioner of a league that can put the PGA out of business. Oh God! He should focus all of his time and efforts on building a better. He should be the commissioner of the next, the DPGA Donald Trump Professional Golf. I like that.
0: Just I don't want him to be president. (laughs) So, so anti. So with these antitrust issues, it will start to highlight ways in which I honestly think that. Congress could potentially look at some of these other, you know, major issues like big tech, for example, and how do you antitrust them? How do you antitrust
1: them? There's a commercial that keeps coming on saying, don't allow Democrats to pass this radical bill for tech. And I'm like, what exactly is the bill? I'd look it up if you actually told me what it was. <laughs> you know? But that's the knock on, like in Florida, that's a big knock on on Democrats down here. Democrats want to stifle tech growth. And I'm like, how? Tell me how. Tell me. I want to know.
0: I think they're trying to revive net neutrality is what's happening. <sighs> Whatever, you know, and that's the funny thing is, is that, you know, the Republicans have had such a problem with the big tech organizations and the Democrats have had a problem mm-hmm. with the big tech organizations, but somehow they can't agree on addressing the big tech organizations. <laughs> I know. Well, because Republicans
1: really love people with money you know? <laughs> so big yep. tech to the big tech to them is like the, the quandary. Like, I don't, I hate you. You're killing America, but thanks for the money
0: yep Ugh,
1: i don't know i think it's all gross and elon musk is going to be in court soon i can't wait to see how
0: that goes. that'll be a fun one so
1: the republicans are, so there was this thing about burn pits right remember i was talking about burn yep. pits and they passed a, a bill and i actually congratulated matt gates for voting on a bill that would fund um med- medicine the va to actually address this issue and then all of a sudden Republicans in the Senate are, are blocking it. Yep. And people are there was a there was a man that was actually fighting for this that that committed suicide because this stalled. And that really hurt me and I wanted to address it because this is a real thing. So Republicans are voting what they're saying is Democrats want the next 10 years they want to fund it with 40 million dollars and they don't like Republicans don't like making that because then it'll be a standard and then we can increase the funding but the funding goes to actually taking care of the situation like anything does if you create something you need to build paperwork and protocols and all the things that government does and so that's really not a bad price tag over 10 years but then Republicans are like we want to cap that and then we want to end it after 10 years and Veterans aren't gonna stop being sick and sick in 10 years. So I wanted to address it because the burn pit bill is pretty important to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it should be important to a lot of people in America. And I think Republicans are out on a limb on this one because everybody knows about this. And I don't yep. think they can spin this properly, you know? Nope. It sucks. Nope. They need to fund, they need to fund the VA, the VA needs to fund this, <laughs> you know? so they need money to do that. And so putting that aside and voting on it every year is exactly what, that's
0: what we do, right? What should be done. I mean, the biggest, this is one of those things where one of our biggest gaps consistently dealing with the armed forces has been how do we how do we treat them after they get back right because you know there is a lot of suicide there's a lot of mental health issues there's a lot of drug abuse there's a lot of Everything. physical abuse there's a lot of you know illnesses there's a lot of pts this, you, know, homelessness. you know there's you've got you've got a lot of problems now the thing is is, is that some of these things are caused by things that we do or things that, you know, are done, you know, in order to, you know, in the course of war that you just don't expect. And right. that's one of the things that needs to be looked at and addressed because do you, I think that we were expecting sarin gas and burn pits? No, I don't really think no, we were.
1: I don't think any soldier was, I think any soldier expected to fight and die, but not sit and, and waste You know what i mean
0: so and and it's one of those things where you know we have to we have to start asking congress to look more holistically at what happens because you know you had in world war one troops come back that had been exposed to mustard gas and and things like that and they were sick for a long time afterwards there were major problems and it's no different you know world war ii you had people come back with the trauma of either dealing with you know the the japanese army or dealing with you know uh, the the concentration camps that they found you had things that were unexpected and so horrific that it changed them vietnam we had people that were exposed to multiple chemicals yeah um You know you had gulf war syndrome and now you have the burn pits you know what you know and and from what i'm to understand gulf war syndrome and the burn pits they seem to both be derived from exposure to sarin gas Mm. um if i am if i'm
1: understanding that correctly a burn pit was everything they just threw the garbage and put jet fuel on it and lit it and it was literally not not a half a mile away from the
0: bases you know so but with the but with this exposure, you know, it created um it has created a massive health problem. And the thing yeah. is is that we know how bad sarin gas is. We know how bad it is. Uh, and it's it's always been concerning. And so the fact of the matter is is that if we're going to be sending our kids off to places like, you know, Iraq, where we knew that, you know, Saddam was gassing his own people, right the thing is is that you have to start including that as part of the calculation of well what were our soldiers exposed to when they got back and that's the rough part because that opens up potentially a lot of shit. it really does and understand the fiscal want and need to not spend that kind of money deal with it but if you don't want to spend that kind of money on people when they get back then you shouldn't be sending them in the first place
1: right that's that's the consequence of sending them there and that's what you need to think about we can't just have a forever war so that halliburton can make a fortune right because at some point the price comes into the people exactly
0: You know, and, and, you know, there are other things that, you know, the army has done, you know, or, or the armed forces have done, you know, for example, like TBI clinics has been a big one that they've gone and they've, they've been looking at trying to improve upon because, you know, soldiers, they have major issues when they are when they're being rocked around inside of these helicopters when they're taking right you know they're taking mortar fire they're you know inside of tanks or whatever have you you know brain injuries happen but you know at least within some of those realms they've actually gotten to the point where they're trying to appropriately deal with some of those things through clinics that are within the army or the military proper not just appreciated
1: i think i think that's appreciated but When somebody signs up for war, I think they can expect certain elements of damage. I don't think it's fair to think that your government is harming you in the course of that. Like, I think that's the difference between the burn pit and sitting in a tank and getting shell shock and PTSD from it. Like... We should expect the ptsd because that's kind of built into the soldier's life and we should be we should already be addressing that when they come home like you know what i mean but like Mm -hmm. the burn pit to think that our like the military actively well didn't actively but didn't put thought into it and harmed so many people you need to fix that you need to fix that because you caused that like Mm -hmm. it's i see uh, like football helmets are getting bigger and bigger if they just got rid of the football helmet we'd be like wait what We need, we can't actively harm these people. So we need, we need to get them help.
0: Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. That's gross.
1: gross. They were sitting there. I mean, I can't imagine what's in a burn pit, like all the medical waste as well as all the like human parts. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when I think about the things that were burned, none of it could have been healthy.
0: Oh God, no. No, 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 okay. That's awesome. It's
1: not enough. So I saw somebody saying that they will always stand by and protect Medicare and Medicaid. um Maggie Hassan, and it made it I had this thought, like it was this epiphany of where Democrats are going wrong. It's not enough to protect it, obviously. Right? Because there's people behind the scenes cutting this shit to death. That's what happened to abortion. Democrats were like, we'll protect abortion forever. But behind the scenes, Republicans are like, cut me off and eat another piece of that abortion. Right? And now, obviously, it's in Rick Rick, the Republican's plan to eliminate Medicare and Medicaid to put a five year sunset unless it's renewed. And she says she'll protect it. And I say it's not enough to protect it. Can you improve it while you defend it? and i think that's where democrats need to be their messaging needs to be we need to improve this while protecting it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. cuz so many so much of this stuff like nancy pelosi said it about the ada the ada has protected so many people for years but it isn't helping us <laughs> like you haven't like updated it could you improve it while protecting us and do, what do you think about that do you think that's something or am i overreacting to the situation should well- we sun- should we sunset medicare has it outlived its usefulness
0: um i i don't know that it's outlived its usefulness but i think it has outgrown its effectiveness uh, realistically because i mean how many administrators do you have to deal with in medicare i don't know what it so so here would be my answer is like if you were on medicare let's let's say i am on medicare (laughs) i know you are but let's but let's say that you know the process is is really just you know there's a certain number of of boxes that you have to check it's not so much administrative right but it's like bam here's the money you've got you know for the whole year you know you could based on the amount of money that's going into medicare lose a ton of administration and you might actually have more money towards you know, actual
1: care instead of $3,000
0: a year, I could have 5,000. Yeah. Which, you know, would be a significant jump. You wouldn't to necessarily suspend my, myself. Out of you a, you out wouldn't of necessarily have, you wouldn't necessarily, you know, be getting, you know, additional coverage, but you would have additional services that you could seek that would improve your life. Right. Rather I mean, they, than having they, to balance what it is that you're going after.
1: They, Medicare tells me I can't refill a prescription for test strips. I need to use one a day. And that's all they'll give me is they'll give me a hundred, but I can only use one a day because I can only get them every three months. But if they just put the money in an account, then I could spend the test strips all I wanted because I'm not spending it on
0: other stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's where, and, and so that's where, you know, perhaps Medicare has gotten to the point where it's like, you know, the maybe the idea of quote unquote medicare for all is you know if we remove the administration part of it you know uh move towards you know there are negotiated medicare services and what you do from there is you have your medicare debit card right that you go in and pay for your agreed upon services and understand that you know medicare is going to only cover limited services anything additional you're going to have to go out on your own and so now you know you've got five thousand dollars that's more in a cash-based system that has pre-negotiated rates and you actually get better care you actually have more access to care so those are things to think about and consider Mm -hmm. You know, it's the administration part of it, like when you look at how much administration gets added to pretty much any government program, it doesn't surprise me that it becomes fiscally inefficient or, you know, that, you know, you're, you're not getting anywhere because, you know, you've added a bunch of people that are meant to, you know, figure out how to, how to deny services. or keep you from getting the service altogether period because
1: somebody's they're cutting the budget as they're also expanding the people so they're bringing more people on in an expansion of it but then they're they're eliminating the budget budget on the back end so they can't afford anything other than the people
0: whereas if you were to actually sit down and say hey look if we could negotiate the rate on you know if if all these hospitals could agree with the United States government that for, you know, you know, here's a list of Medicare services, and this is what the charge amount is, is every time you go into the hospital for, you know, this list of Medicare services, this is what you're going to pay period. Right. End of story. You swipe your Medicare debit card and that's that game. Right. Over. It becomes a lot more simplistic, you know, because now your administration is more focused on the actual, you know, how do I how do we negotiate prices for certain things so that way number one hospitals get paid and they're not going broke doing these services correct but now people don't necessarily feel like they're going backwards on the services that they can get because you know they're not being administrated out of x y and z that's right i think
1: because i thought to myself i can't afford to go to the hospital like i have to fix the stuff myself and so i started wondering if if this this, um, If people are anti-vax, if they're weary of science and medicine because they've kind of been priced out of the process that would have educated them by nature, like if you go to the hospital for preventative means, uh, you grow accustomed to that and you learn to trust it. But if you don't have the money for those basic services and you never go to the doctor, you start thinking, well, maybe they're, they're bad because i can't afford it and i can't admit that i can't afford it so i'm just going to say that it's bad and i don't want to use it you know what i mean
0: i i think there's there's part there's a part that's true to that in that you there's know, always
1: part that's true to my theories you've got
0: <laughs> you know the, you you definitely have a group of people who have never been able to afford you know like an annual trip to the doctor for right for checkups i mean hell the only time i ever went to the doctor when i was a kid was because i was sick and we were past the point of trying the over over over-the-counter remedies right so when that didn't work so so when you run to that point when you get to that point where you know going to the doctor is is really a luxury Mm -hmm. it it becomes rough like how are you supposed to sit down and tell people hey you know you need to go to the doctor and you need to trust what they say when you know right you know if their only exposure is hey i've got a cold that's lasting too long oops turns out it wasn't a cold
1: <laughs> exactly but i think i think people by nature push up, push against that kind of stuff like oh i'm too cool for that for medicine but honestly if you're not feeling good wouldn't you want to feel better i just wish we lived in a society where i could go to the go to the hospital and they would be like zip 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 here's what's wrong with you
0: you know what i mean well here's the problem is is that you know the first time the first time you do that, oh, well, I don't feel good. I should go to the doctor and they charge you $150 that's to say, right. go take fucking Robitussin. That's right. That's, that's a real hard thing to sit down and tell people go to the doctor. Why? Because they're just going to tell me to take Robitussin. That's right. And so it's, it's kind of like you have to, you kind of have to have this balance of what can I treat by myself? And at what point do I need to go? Ooh, I'm, I'm beyond, you know, over the counter remedies and I actually need to go see a doctor
1: right but you're going to get that 150 dollars if you go see the doctor if you can't afford it for the robots and the flu you can't afford it for anything more serious right that's, that's kind of my point like if a doctor just lowered its rates and said i'm not going to see you until you're dying that's fine make it free and when i you know if i'm in pain and you validate the fact that i'm here then go ahead and do that i don't know well like, that's
0: where and that's, that's where i think me. and that's where i think tech has absolutely you know, started to help the scenario where, you know, mm. you know, like w- we started getting, you know, health insurance with charge nurse lines, you know, people that yeah. you could call that would, you know, you would tell them what you're going through and they would, you know, give you a, oh yeah, no, I wouldn't go to the doctor. I would just pick right. up, you know, something like a nurse or practitioner, them- right. You know and it wasn't even that they were nurses I don't know that they were nurse practitioners but they were like people that you could at least bounce your symptoms off of and they could ask a few probing questions to right. help determine whether or not you needed to actually go to the doctor right you know because because then at least you had you, you would at least have something to kind of start to move you towards that but most people don't have access if you didn't have health insurance you didn't have access to a charge line
1: that's right and you're just asking your friends like have you ever had this and is this right and so you don't trust the doctor and more you trust your friends more and their experience you know
0: but then but then now with the advent of telehealth you know telehealth is a lot cheaper and for you know even if you needed a basic prescription you know for something spending 150 dollars to go to the doctor's office was a lot less tenable mm-hmm. is a lot less tenable than potentially spending 40 dollars on a telehealth visit You know, it's, you might not, it's easier to justify spending $40 compared to 150. Right. And, and yeah, you'll feel pissed off if it's like, you know, drink lots of water, get some rest and there's nothing that you can do about it. Or, you know, if it's like, oh yeah, nope, it sounds like you need just a general antibiotic. Right you know, great, you know, a $40 visit and a $10 $10 or $5 antibiotic, and you come out way ahead than if you'd gone to the the doctor's office. Exactly. And also too, the convenience of it, because a lot of the times, you know, especially now, like for me, there were a few times where I would get sick and then I would make an appointment to go see a doctor Mm -hmm. and it would take me two weeks to get into a doctor. And by the time those two weeks were up, I wasn't sick anymore. And that, you know, kind of,
1: <laughs> or, thought, or my, I'd my, gotten worse. <laughs> right. My thought was like, like, I like the health savings account when it came to the Medicare, as we were talking about it. My right. issue is that all of these, all of this stuff is overbloated in its cost, right? Mm. Like to use an MRI machine that you've paid for isn't that expensive? You know what I mean? Like
0: All right. This is a fun one. This is I another know. fun one. We
1: talk about it once in a while, but I think so,
0: the medical
1: costs are bloated to the point
0: that I can't afford it. So, this is where this gets fun. With the medical equipment. So, I love I love the idea that, you know, these hospitals are paying cash for these pieces of equipment, but a lot of the times os- small hospitals especially are right. financing them. Or getting them hand-me-down
1: when a bigger hospital or, yep. upgrades than they get the other. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. That's, that's the service that I'm, I know and I'm very familiar with. Yeah. And so you end up, you know, you end up having to finance some of these things uh-huh. and, you know, you're paying because they got to pay for that financing. Right. A drug, com- a
1: drug company makes a drug, then they then sell it so they can recoup their research development. Like I understand like buying an MRI machine and having the cost of it, def- you know, taken on by the patient. But at some point it becomes a generic, you've paid it off and all you're paying is the insurance and the infrastructure, right? Like three times that's, the cost. That's,
0: that should be your hope with major with with major with major medical systems absolutely that's probably the case because they've got that thing running constantly to pay it off but like with your smaller hospitals your 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 local critical care places absolutely not the case they're most likely you know the number of times you might use that mri machine is very minimal and so some of these places have had to get creative by buying mobile mri machines yeah and then and then all you have like three or four hospitals that, you know, are spreading out the cost of this mobile MRI <laughs> I've machine. Done, I've been a, I've done one of those. Yeah. So, uh, you know, because you, they don't have the traffic to try and get it paid off. Right. But, but if you don't have access to it, it's a big problem.
1: Well, if, you're, if your MRI machine is built to go out of date in five years, but it's, it's built also to be financed for 10 years, you're always going to be upgrading. You're always going to be behind the ball. And the, I just the patient pays the price for that. And there's got to be a way to deal with that because if I get $3,000 a year from Medicare and I go, oh, my gosh, my kidney hurts maybe. And they go, well, we'll give you an MRI. I'm fucked at a $1,500 MRI cost. Oh, yeah. You know? for the whole year, even if there's something majorly wrong with me, how do I go forward? <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. it scares people into not using it. And then they're there for emergency major stuff that destroys their lives. When we should just be able to have mm-hmm. preventative should be free in some way for people, you know, we just got to get past the, the financial barrier of preventative care. If well, people that's... just learned to brush their teeth or had dental health, we could
0: save thousands of lives. You know what I mean? that's and that's and that's one of the biggest that's one of the biggest uh pieces that people are trying to figure out right now and in especially in rural health is you know how do we how do we get some of these basics and encourage people to come in and get these basic services right and and have it not be so burdensome on them and you know some places are getting creative with it some aren't (laughs) discount well that's that's just it this is that you know if you discount it. You know, remember it's you know you still got to pay your insurance, you still got to pay the lights, you still got to pay the doctors, you still got to pay the nurses. Oh, and, I totally agree, and that's where some of these guys have figured out. It's like, look, if we could just get paid cash that day, yeah. easy peasy.
1: Yeah, I totally get it. But there's got to, the- and
0: then that's why I think that you know if you took Medicare and you shifted it to a, you know, here you know the Medicare administrative part of it is literally. Finding services that you can negotiate the price on. Right. That you would have access to across the entire US. I like at the that. same cost.
1: Because if I go to a doctor and say this is my income level, and they give me that sliding scale that says, All right, this is your price, I'm good with that. I've paid I've paid eighty dollars for a therapist before because I was on the sliding scale that said that's what it was. I've also paid five dollars for a therapist, the same therapist, because that's where my sliding scale was. I like that idea. I like that a lot.
0: The problem with the, you know you won't the you won't see the sliding scale be as effective as you want it to be, hmm. unfortunately, because eventually what ends up happening is you end up getting a bunch of people who are five dollars, and it's not yeah. necessarily sustainable. Right. And but if
1: just rich can, people don't go where poor people go for their health,
0: <laughs> and so if you end up, you know, with a list of services, you know, Medicare says, this is what, you know, this is what the cost, what we're going to pay is, you know, what we're, what we can pay because yeah. we've negotiated with hospitals. And now you've got a Medicare debit card that you just walk in, you get the service, you, you know, get paid on that. Boom. Like the thing is, is that when you have to file through Medicare and you have to wait 150 days to get paid by Medicare, that negotiated rate really fucks you. But yeah, if you have right. the, the rate pre-negotiated and now it's just, you walk in, boom, there's your, there's your Medicare fee that you've been a pre-approved for mm. that runs on your debit card. Great. That's fantastic. Let's move I along. It. I, I think, it. I think that's how you end up reforming Medicare in and order Medicare- for it to be more effective.
1: Medicare does work with the $3,000, like in the middle of there, they're like, they're like, we're not going to pay. (laughs) <laughs> like you, you can spend like fifteen hundred dollars and then all of a sudden they're like no now there's this donut hole where you pay everything and then later on they're like all right we're back <laughs> we're, gonna, mm-hmm. we're gonna give you the rest of the 1500 but we're only gonna give it to you 75 percent at a time and then once you go over that it stays at 75 percent. so mm-hmm. if i was to spend fifty thousand dollars on a surgery i would have to pay 25 percent of that mm-hmm. which is pretty scary because surgeries are fucking expensive you know right and at some point are. people are like i'd rather die than, than to go into debt for that you know
0: yep Shit. it's understandable
1: yeah so um, people i sympathize with you i'm in the same boat that sucks wow so we-, so we have about 10 minutes left i don't know what should i do bring up another topic
0: no what do you got
1: okay i knew if i got to this topic we had gone too far so people in Israel <laughs> are, are conducting post-mortem sperm retrievals on dead men. <laughs> <laughs> so when a soldier dies, you know, the wife is like, "I don't have any children. I wanted a children. I wanted a child with that soldier. Go get a semen, because semen lasts 72 hours after death." Now
0: it's a big thing. Now it's a big thing. that's wow that's that's a new one for me i have not heard about this (laughs) oh good i'm on the cutting edge Um, oh
1: that's a metaphor
0: (laughs) so um, i guess
1: i guess does the do you have any ethical ethical issues with just a man having his scrotum cut open after he dies and his sperm stolen and frozen for a later date for a, a well it's not just a spouse it could be anybody anybody could just want it
0: i mean uh, my ethics would my ethics on this would say you know it it needs to be an opt-in process so like if he signs up and they're like hey you know do you want to you know after you die would you like to have you know what's left of your sperm frozen so that way a spouse or whoever could potentially have uh your right. child are you an owner <laughs> essentially like it, it should be an opt-in thing and and right. if they opt in and say yes then fantastic all right cool um but it, ugh, wow i don't right. even know how to respond to that
1: right um it's they're doing I it mean, yeah they're doing it in israel and yeah, it was kind of nice that this lady could continue that because she loved him and he loved her and i i would probably say no like if you asked me to opt in or not you would have to be as an organ organ donor because i wouldn't specifically say yes you could cut up my scrope and scrotum when i die i just wouldn't do it
0: i don't know why Like is it is it considered necrophilia if you're grabbing a load <laughs> from the dead guy i don't know that's another good point what if it's, si- if it's
1: science?
0: I don't know. I, I just there's so many questions that I
1: have. I love it. I'll send you the article.
0: <laughs> hey Jason, yeah. Do you want to know why we say sperm instead of spermatozoa? Spermatozoa why? Because spermatozoa is a mouthful. Oh, gross! <laughs> Snowball. Oh, but like. <laughs> you know it's it's one of those things where um i don't know i don't want to judge anybody if you want i i can't i can't judge it's 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 you know i i would say that if you have agreements with a spouse right you know uh, yeah i mean so i say go for
1: it but like if a a soldier dies the military takes care of the family right so if the if this if the family then is born after the soldier dies that is that or something maybe i
0: think that's a that's that's that was actually where i was thinking i'm like you know if if the soldier is dead and the the wife becomes pregnant afterwards you know is she is the kid going to be considered part of that equation and are they going to be cared for after that death because I could honestly see a scenario it, you know, at least in American politics. I can't frame this around you know whatever it looks like in Israeli politics. What I can see is that there would be an issue where you have the potential of, you know someone saying no, we're not going to cover because that kid was not born during you know your spouse's you know uh, service tenure. And I really think that that would that would honestly be pretty fucking bad in a lot of in a lot of cases you know because here you would have somebody who's desperate to have a child with somebody that they loved and and that you know they wanted to continue that that lineage on but now you know you would potentially be forced to do that alone without any help without any coverage from you know the entities that you supposedly were going to have coverage from so i honestly don't know what what to say about that other than realistically I could see where there could be a ton of problems.
1: Me too. I just went to the bathroom and there's a tarantula on my fucking sink.
0: <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. I know. Oh, my gosh.
1: There's a, This is Florida. Spiders rain on you in the shower. Mmm. <laughs> Ah, so what? What kind of food? Let's wrap up on that. What, what's a good food to go? What I've been noticing is portion control is important. Like mm-hmm. I seem to know how to make foods, I just don't know how to proportion it <laughs> properly. So that's what I'm working on.
0: Um, I, that's I'm also working on. I'm working on uh, portion control too, but also to like noting when, like, if I'm not hungry, just don't eat. Drink some water. Ah, um. Yeah. So like yesterday, I had a really big breakfast, and I didn't eat again until like. 7 30 at night. Like it just, you know, wasn't, I wasn't hungry, wasn't there for me. And so I just waited. There just was no reason for me to eat something when I wasn't hungry. So I drank a bunch of water, didn't even have any snacks or anything. So that's, and I wasn't, and I wasn't, and that's the other thing is like, you know, I wasn't shaky either. So if I wasn't shaky, then, you know, there really wasn't a point for me to, Mm. you know, actually eat anything.
1: Good point. Do you shake from blood sugar or just from lack of eating?
0: Blood sugar like I'm I'm hypoglycemic so oh. I'm I'm one of the quote unquote lucky ones that you know I have to eat every so often but I've also noticed too that there are certain things that when I eat them like it doesn't you know I don't get those blood sugar crashes as often so huh.
1: so fructose would probably be good for you cuz yes. it stays in your body longer Yep Fuck yeah I like that good Thanks for being here jeffrey
2: Absolutely
1: Uh let's wrap up on that thank you for being here have a great day love you Bye.
2: <laughs> to those who would tear okay. the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our, this is our time. To those who, who seek peace and security, security. we support, we support you. you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns.
0: Nasty, place.
1: Nasty
2: place. and I don't, place. I don't care how tough care you are. It, it will beat you to your knees t- and keep t- you there permanently if, you're let it. if you're you let it. You or nobody, nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. Ask, ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your. I, poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad, everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove
0: nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit, it's about
2: how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done.
1: Welcome to Public Access Access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live live streams on YouTube
2: wanted
1: to run out of that tunnel
2: for my dad on twitter, twitter
1: apple podcast stitcher smart, 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 radio, smart radio public radio and spotify, apple, spotify. Yes, we can. yes we can public access public america access history america. in the making making history making in the making